Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you today. I'm flying solo, but we're going to have some fun, a lot to discuss from the weekend and and kind of the last week in sports. Uh, We've done some other incredible podcasts and encourage you to check those out. Uh, Interviews with Jeff Kemp, Reed Ferguson, Donnie Shell, and Inky Johnson. So hopefully you've already listened to those. And if you haven't, Highly encourage you to check those out. But today, this gives us an opportunity to uh, to catch up on some of the things going on with the ministry. Uh, I'll share some stuff going on personally, and, and we'll talk about a couple of the big sports stories as well. Uh, toward the end of the podcast, we'll do Unpack This, and I have some thoughts about lesser sports. I may talk about marble racing and cornhole. So stick around for that. And as always, check out our website, unpackingit.com. Always appreciate the emails and texts. You can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com, Bryce at unpackingit.com. If you haven't subscribed to Unpack This, uh, you can do so on our website, unpackingit.com. And also appreciate when you rate, review, and share this podcast and all the other interviews that we did last week as well, uh, man, really appreciate the, the support there and spreading the word. Before we get going, we got to discuss the, the current state of the world and, and know that as we do this podcast, get into the podcast, that continues to be the backdrop. But I just want to share with you kind of personally the the journey that I've been on you know the last week or so and it is I think interesting that all of us feel the same way that like one day feels like a week and a week feels like a month and it's the month of March has been so long and normally we love it because it's March madness and it's game after game and we're soaking it all in uh but this this year it's it's definitely different and I, I miss March madness and and for me I think that stems back to kind of my initial reaction to everything that's been going on it was such disappointment because i truly love march it's the start of spring we're kind of come out of the winter and you know the sun starts shining i do start to get allergies which is a bummer but so my voice is tough but you know you're watching the games and and i always you know really clear the calendar and and try to make sure that i i can watch as much basketball as possible but this year when all of this was announced and March Madness was canceled and all the other sports were canceled, I was really bummed. Like I was just confused and taken aback. And, and like many of you just hit this, you know, or, or felt this feeling of weight and discouragement and, you know, kind of worst case scenarios enter your mind. And for me, as a huge sports fan, first off, 
And then someone who leads a ministry for sports fans, the idea of a a world without sports is a brutal world. And a ministry without sports, it's like, are you kidding me? And and so I was just kind of, you know, wrestling with all of that for, you know, a little while and not really knowing, okay, what to think or what to do, just felt very confused. And and then the other part of it too for me is you know, this ministry, we rely on donations. So we are a nonprofit ministry, and all that we do, the podcast, the devotional, the events, the, the, the pack model, the fantasy football fellowship, like all of that is driven by supporters, donors, sponsors, all that kind of thing. And, and so I'm thinking, man, we're in a really tough spot. Like, this is brutal. And, and so I just felt sorry for myself and, and just allowed a lot of the negative thoughts to enter my mind. And then I snapped out of it. And thankfully, the Lord really just met me in this place and, and really just gave me a sense of peace. I listened to a video from Donald Miller that was encouraging, uh, a guy I look up to a lot, and, and he was saying, you know, stop being a victim. And I kind of needed to hear that. I needed to be smacked around a little bit. And, and then just in reading and praying and, and talking to people, I, I just felt lifted. And, and I continue to, you know, battle the, the feelings of, of negativity, but I would say my overall demeanor, my overall mindset, my overall you know, approach to all of this is, is one of hope and peace, and I, I truly am clinging to the hope of the gospel and, and the, the, the hope and faith that I have in the person of Jesus Christ. And, and so he is a friend, he is my Lord, my Savior, he's who I follow, and he's who I trust. And so I can talk about all that when things are good and, you know, the, the sports are rocking and rolling and life is moving forward and all that. And then when everything stops, then what? And I, and I was rocked a little bit at first, but, but I, I must say that I am, my, my eyes are fixed on Jesus and, and it's, it's, he's, my anchor is in him. And, and I hope that that is true for you as well, because otherwise we are going to be in just a, a world of uh, dismay because the, the news is not good. And the reality is not good. Like what, what we're facing right now is not good. There's no way around it. And we can you know try to look at some of the positive numbers, but the numbers are bad and the, the outlook is bad. But then we have to take a step back and know that God is bigger than this. He's still on his throne. He's still good. He's still faithful. He still loves us. And he will meet us right where we are and offer us peace. He is peace because life in him is peace. And, and when we look at our circumstances, we'll get rocked. We'll feel miserable. We'll be you know just in this state of disappointment. But when we look to him and think about, okay, whatever we're dealing with right now is temporary. This world is temporary, but eternity with him is what lasts forever. It's what matters. And so we have to cling to that. And, and then the other part of it, too, is looking for opportunities right now. The excitement of uh, the, the kind of life being flipped, turned upside down. I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. <laughs> what is this, a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh, uh, song? Sorry. Um, but no, I mean, I think when things get flipped upside down, it opens up our mind, our eyes to see things differently. We're able to kind of reevaluate, reassess, reset, um, take some, some more rest, evaluate, 
And 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 I think for us here at Unpacking It, we're using this as an opportunity to bring more podcasts to you. Uh, man, God continues to give me inspiration for the devotional, so we're going to continue to write those. And, and think about the the interviews that we did last week. I mean, those were awesome. And so we're we're trying to take advantage of that. We're going to do a trivia night this Thursday, eight to nine. Uh, so check out unpackingit.com for more information about that. And and so we're continuing to push ahead. We're honestly, I'm I'm looking at this and saying, all right, Lord, this is your chance to really shine and get all the glory because sports aren't going on, and we're a ministry dependent on donations in a time where the economy is taking a huge hit. And so, Lord. I'm trusting you. That's my prayer. And I'm, I'm asking you to show up in such a big and amazing way right now in the midst of all the craziness. And, and I believe he will, and I believe he'll shine through. He gets the glory, and he's the one that, that deserves all the worship and, and praise even in the midst of the devastation, the confusion, and, and all the other emotions that we're dealing with right now. And so... I will throw this out there to you as well as a listener of this podcast. We do need you. We, we need your support. And, and so a lot of you listening, are you're taking hits personally, and so I, I get it, and, and maybe you're not in a position to give and donate, but if you are and, and, and the Lord puts it on your heart to support our ministry, please do, and, and we greatly appreciate it. We want this to continue because we want to be around when sports return, we want to be with you during this time when there are, there are no sports. And, and so we rely on donations to get us through and to keep us going. And so you can go to unpackingit.com slash donate and, and, and give any amount. And, and maybe it's a one-time gift. Maybe you jump on our monthly support team. And, and again, I understand that we're all in, in difficult spots, but I think giving gives us that opportunity to trust the Lord too. And, and it puts our focus onto you know, other people and other uh, work that, that people are doing. You know, the idea of supporting local restaurants and you know, buying food from uh, you know, local businesses or lo- you know, supporting local businesses, we want to do that too. Uh, but we also want to support our local church, local ministries, the, the ministries that are doing you know, work on the front lines, um, you know, being an encouragement, supporting people in a lot of different ways, but financially is one of those ways. And so, anyway, we want to partner with you, and I hope that you'll really pray about it, consider it, uh, talk to your, your spouse if, if, if you need to, uh, and, and so you can check out unpackingit.com slash donate. So that's where I'm at today. That's where my heart is. That's what's going on. And, and so let's jump into some sports talk today, and here's what I did this weekend. I watched a, a good amount of classic epic games mainly basketball. I think I did all basketball this weekend, but this week I am looking forward to, I've got them on the DVR, some of the Super Bowls, uh, Sunday Night Football, I guess is what they're airing. Uh, So I've got some of that lined up in the queue. But this past weekend, I found myself watching some classic college basketball. And when I first began watching college basketball, it was in the mid to late 90s. And those were the the Arizona, UCLA, Kentucky, Duke days; those teams, those teams are still good, I guess. Or over the years, those are always the good teams. But and so I happened to find the Arizona, Kentucky national championship game: Lou Olson versus Rick Pitino. And that Arizona team was interesting. They won, and I was pulling for them. I think I was pulling for them then. 
was pulling for them again this weekend. But Mike Bibby, Jason Terry, Miles Simon. And what's interesting, during that, that run, Mike Bibby was a stud. And he went to the NBA and had a, had a nice career. He wasn't great, but he was good. Uh, and then Miles Simon did not have a great NBA career, but he was really good there too. And I would say Jason Terry probably had the most memorable NBA career. You know, being a part of those those Mavs teams that were really good. And Terry had such a long career, great personality. And I think he was, you know, just really liked by by fans and teammates. And and so it was fun though. Uh Ron Mercer was the key guy on Kentucky. So just to see some of those old players, I, I always enjoy. And and then I saw the 1998 Duke versus Kentucky National Championship. And, of course, as a Duke fan, it was fun to see. This was like right when I became a Duke fan. So Elton Brand, Chris Carowell, Steve Wojciechowski, Rashawn McLeod, those guys are legends at Duke. And Elton Brand ended up having a really nice NBA career. Uh, was it as great as we anticipated? Maybe not, but... He had, uh, with the Clippers, had a nice run. Chicago, pretty good. And then he becomes the, the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think, he's gonna, I think he's done a nice job. I think he's, in the long term, will, will do really well in that role. I think he's a smart guy. I think he, he tried to get too many players that played like him. Because I'm watching this Duke game. He was big. He was a big player. So he went out, he got Al Horford, Tobias Harris, uh, to go along with Joel Embiid. I mean, that team is huge. Like Ben Simmons is a big guard. Uh, so it was funny. Brand was bigger than I remembered him to be uh, out there on the floor. But when I first became a Duke fan, like Steve Wojciechowski was the main reason. He was one of the key reasons. I love the way he played and just his energy. He, he was great. So he, he's doing a decent job at Marquette as a head coach. But I am curious to see if he'll end up being the the head coach of Duke one day. Uh, so we'll see about that. And then let's see. So then, so I watched those games. Uh, and, and one other kind of thought uh, along the lines because I ended up watching some NBA as well, and I thought about the broadcasters. So Jim Nance, I mean, he's still doing it all those all these years. He's still the, the main guy. If you're listening to a national championship game, it's Jim Nance. Now Billy Packer used to be around. Uh, up until, I don't know, maybe it's been 10 years or so, uh, because then Clark Kellogg was in the booth, great guest here on Unpacking It, and then now they've transitioned to Grant Hill and Bill Raftery. Uh, but Billy Packer, he, like he was always a little negative, but his voice still, it's so recognizable and synonymous with March Madness. So when you listen back, there's still kind of a nostalgia there uh, when you hear his voice. But but listening to some of the NBA games, you had Marv Albert and Hubie Brown. Like those two were together. But I was listening to an ESPN game or ABC game. Hubie Brown, who's still around, still doing it, who's still awesome, and then Marv Albert, who's still kind of the the lead NBA guy. Yes, I mean he's great, and he still. I mean back then he was awesome on NBC. Um, but I found myself uh, this morning. I was watching the 2006 NBA Finals, Mavs and Heat. Talk about some some personalities and memorable names. So the Heat won the series. This was young D-Wade. He was only 24. An old Shaq at 33. Older. I guess he still he played after that, but he was older, 33. 
you had Alonzo Mourning at 35, Gary Payton at 37, and Antoine Walker at 29. Um, then Jason Williams was on that team, Udonis Haslam, Jason Capono, one of my favorite players, played with the Charlotte Bobcats. He was a, a legend with the Bobcats. But that team won it all, and uh, just kind of a funny combination of players. But, of course, D-Wade and Shaq led the way. But I looked at the, the Mavericks roster. I mean, this, this roster was so interesting. Keith Van Horn, <laughs> uh, Eric Dampier, Devin Harris, Jerry Stackhouse, Josh Howard, and then I mentioned earlier Jason Terry. Jason Terry was one of the key guys on that team. He averaged 22 points a game. And, and Dirk Nowitzki, of course, led the way in his prime at the age of 27. And I guess he averaged, yeah, 22 points a game. And so uh, Daryl Armstrong was on that roster. Desanga Jop, also a former Bobcat, um, painfully Bobcat. And so that Dallas team surprisingly went that far. Josh Howard, who, who kind of fizzled out. I was disappointed. I thought he was going to have a little bit better of a career than he did coming out of Wake Forest. But to think that Jason Terry was the second-best player on that team, and, yeah, Josh Howard, Jerry Stackhouse, that team went all the way to the finals? I mean, that, that's interesting. That shows you how good Dirk was. Dirk was incredible. Dirk, Dirk is somewhat underrated, right? I, th- I think he's underrated as one of the great players ever. One of the top – he's definitely a top-five power forward, I think that's fair to say. And then it's kind of debatable after that. He never played enough defense, though. That's the problem with him. So that was a fun finals to watch. But then I found myself watching a lot of Knicks versus the Bulls in the 90s. Is there anything better than 90s basketball, especially with the Knicks and the Bulls? I even watched one game without Michael Jordan, and this was the Scottie Pippen-led team with Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr, probably Judd Bushler, and kind of the makings of what would become the three-peat with with Jordan returning. But this was during, this was the first Christmas right after Jordan retired for the first time. And and so the Knicks were were pretty loaded. I mean, Patrick Ewing was in his prime. Was there a center that had a smoother jumper than Patrick Ewing? I mean, such touch. The fadeaway. I mean, that guy could hit it from the elbow, from the side, 10, 15 feet out. Uh, we, we don't see that too often now. Like, we see some big men that hit from three, and they kind of spread the floor. I'm talking about that 10-foot touch, that 15-foot at the elbow, Patrick Ewing, full extension. The, the, even the touch around the basket. Speaking of underrated, Patrick Ewing's a little underrated, too, because he never got a ring. The personalities playing in those Bulls-Knicks games – Anthony Mason. I mean, that guy was big and kind of chunky, but he could move. He had that left hand. And then Charles Oakley, to think about you know, all the shenanigans he gets into now with the Knicks and Dolan and all that, he was an enforcer. He was tough. John Starks, he was a smooth player too. And, and he always had to go up against Jordan and, of course, always lost that battle. But he could hit. He could hit, he could hit some shots. He was tough. Uh, and then to think Pat Riley was leading those Nick teams and – when I was watching the 2006 Mav, uh, Mavs Heat game, he was the one winning the finals with the Heat. So Riley, what a career he's had as a player at Kentucky, coached the Lakers, won there, uh, never won at all with the Knicks, but at least went to the finals. They lost to the Rockets. 
um, and then won it with the Heat as a coach, and then won multiple titles as a president with the Heat. That guy, that guy is unbelievable. Um, what a career he's had. One of the, I mean, I'd put him up there. One of the best complete basketball careers from player to to front office. You'd have to put Phil Jackson in that mix, Jerry West in that mix. Unfortunately, you can't put Michael Jordan as uh, owner of the Charlotte Hornets, so uh, that's disappointing. But uh, yeah, so if you have, if you can think of anybody else, that's just off the top of my head. I wasn't planning necessarily on talking about that, but I was thinking about Pat Riley. About but where does he stand as kind of the the complete career? Because yeah, even dating back to college, uh, that's a good question. So I'll throw that out there to you as a listener, Bryce at unpackingit.com. And and then let's see uh, some of the other guys on the Knicks. Greg Anthony, who's now a broadcaster, and then my boys who have been on this show, Hubert Davis and Charlie Ward. Like one game I was watching, Hubert Davis hit a big three. He was an awesome shooter, and and Charlie Ward, just the fact that he was a Heisman Trophy winner and then had an NBA career, that says enough about him. He didn't necessarily he wasn't playing a ton. I saw him on the bench uh, <laughs> the game I was watching, and then one other takeaway from watching the games. I don't know, maybe this is just me, but the Bulls' full white warm-ups are epic. And, and I guess guys still do the warm-ups, but it just in today's game, I don't know, they don't, seem, they don't stand out to me. I haven't thought about them. I haven't noticed them. I assume they still do, but honestly, I just, it hasn't registered with me. But when I see 90s Bulls in their white warm-ups, it seems like the players wore them. Like Whenever they were on the bench, they were on. Like even if they had played, they come back on the bench. They put the warmups back on. I don't see that as often nowadays, unless I'm missing it. But I could be wrong. But there was something about the white warmups, and it just looked sweet. And maybe because it was the Bulls, and they were the champs of the '90s. But uh, that jumped out to me even watching the rerun. And then finally, the 2010 Duke Butler National Championship game was on this weekend. Brad Stevens, Gordon Hayward, Ronald Norred from Butler going up against Duke and a Duke team that was not that great, but they played well together. Brian Zubik, Nolan Smith, Kyle Singler, Miles Plumley. I think even uh, Mason, yeah, both Plumley brothers were on that team. That was a, a special Duke team, one of my favorite Duke teams because they were kind of under uh they, they didn't have John Shire was on that team they weren't the big name guys they, these guys stuck around they had veterans juniors seniors on that team and and it was fun to watch but I'll say this if Gordon Hayward would have hit that three to knock off my Blue Devils I would have been okay with it I love that Duke team I wanted them to win but what was on the line for Butler as such a Cinderella story man, that would have been cool. That would have been a big-time, memorable, epic game. And I know Duke fans probably think, Bryce, you're crazy. Why would you be okay with that? As a sports fan and as a college basketball fan, the idea of Gordon Hayward hitting a half-court, or maybe longer than that, shot at the buzzer to win, I mean, that thing almost went in. That could have gone in, and and that would have been tremendous. I've been listening to a lot, listening to a lot of Jim Rome uh, <laughs> during my downtime, so if I sound like Jim Rome, I apologize. Rack me, um, tremendous, incredible. But but man, uh, I, I, seriously, I thought I thought that Butler team was special, and and also Brad Stevens 
to now be the head coach at Boston and have such a great NBA career so far, the respect that he's earned as a head coach, he was just a young guy at Butler. Nobody ever heard of him. I think he was like a video guy and then became the, the head coach eventually. That was impressive. And they went to back-to-back finals, which is so hard to do for anybody to do. Now, to win back-to-back is rare. A few teams have done it. Duke did it with Leitner. But, but man, I mean, for them to go to back-to-back, and then they lost to UConn with Kemba Walker. So that was, that was just a great game, great finish, an interesting Duke team. And then Ronald Norred, uh, he's actually an assistant coach with the Charlotte Hornets. And, and so he ended up you know, get, going down the coaching route, which is cool too. And then Gordon Hayward with Brad Stevens in Boston is wild too, that those two are able to kind of meet up uh, in the NBA after having such a great run in college. I, I can't think of anybody like that. Can you? Who am I missing that, that, that they were a college coach, they go to the NBA, and they actually get their star player and they do well? Because Rick Pitino tried to get his guys in Boston. That was not good. Speaking of Antoine Walker, I think he was on one of those teams with Rick Pitino as head coach. Billy Donovan didn't go after any Gators with the Thunder. Uh, Calipari, I don't think he had any, any studs with the Nets. He wasn't able to get Marcus Camby. I'm trying to think of any other coaches. Yeah, so I, Brad Stevens, Gordon Hayward, that's interesting. What they've, you know, they, Now, they haven't had a ton of success, but Boston's legit. They're building towards something. I like their roster. We'll see if the, the NBA resumes, but, uh, but, but that'll be interesting. So that's what I got uh, from watching a bunch of reruns and then Jim Rome on the DVR. So <laughs> um, rack me. Tremendous clones. I'm out. So the other big news, of course, is in the NFL. And I'm going to save my NFL takes. We'll do another show probably next week. And I'll give some thoughts on Tom Brady and the Bucks and 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 Cam Newton. I may even do it tomorrow, um, but but that's what uh, that's kind of where I want to end the show uh, today as far as some of the topics go. But but I did want to wrap things up with our segment. Unpack this, and again, you can subscribe for free to Unpack This by going to our website unpackingit.com. and basically we take a a sports topic related to the Bible and, and and just our desire to encourage and inspire sports fans to follow Jesus and become more like him. And so today I talked about how we are settling for substitute sports on TV and, and how this relates to embracing the one true God. And, and so like I was talking about, you know, reruns of games and classic games and, and they're fun. They are fun to watch. But the other thing ESPN is doing and some of the other channels, sports channels, they're putting up what I would consider lesser sports. Have you guys been watching any of this? The Ocho was on last weekend, but I, I'm flipping through the channels. I've seen axe throwing, cornhole, ultimate frisbee. I mean, I, I told you about the, the slippery stairs. like that, That's been on, which is hilarious. But the other day, there was something called the Cherry Pit spitting contest. That's right. I watched men take a cherry, take the pit out of the cherry, and then spit it to see how far it could fly in the air. This was on ESPN. And there there was a a sign for ESPN behind where they were throwing. So it's not like ESPN took uh, old footage and decided to air it. 
but they were actually there filming this. It's not like somebody sent it in, I guess I should say, unless they just hung up a sign. I, I don't know. I don't know how they, they did it or how they recorded it, but these are the kind of sports we're watching right now. Marble racing. Now, I'll admit, it kind of sucked me in for a minute, but, but the, <laughs> the reality is with, with all of these, these sports, the, these lesser sports or even reruns, they, they, they pale in comparison to watching March Madness in real time, watching games that we don't know what's going to happen. And, and you know, the, the idea that you know, an axe-throwing contest, it might suck me in for a moment, but, but I'm not jumping out of my seat in excitement when they hit the bullseye. I, it's just temporary satisfaction, and I'm quickly looking for something else to watch. And, and you know, the, the cherry pit spitting contest, it's whack. I mean, I, I may, it maybe piqued my curiosity for a moment, but, but needless to say, it didn't satisfy my sports appetite. I mean, how could it? It's guys spitting. I mean, you know, maybe the marble race was, was fun for a moment, but it wasn't the answer to my sports longings. And so, you know, you throw in the, the virtual sports, the eSports, you even got, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. actually participating in iRacing. You got Madden football and, and all the other eSports, but these aren't, these aren't real sports. These are computer-generated sports that, 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 that now is what's available on TV. I don't want to offend anybody that, that does view these sports as awesome and, you know, these guys that are athletes that are throwing axes. Hey, I'm a, I'm a horseshoe guy. I actually finished, well, I'm almost close. I'm probably 90% done on my horseshoe pit. But, um, but th- these are lesser sports. And, and so I'm considering all of these as unfulfilling substitutes to what is normally the best sports month of the year. And, and so the encouragement for us today is when it comes to our pursuits in life and where we place our hope and faith, we are either seeking and trusting the one true God or we're settling for substitutes. Because in, in the Bible, people turn their backs on God to worship lesser gods or man-made idols. These were made out of gold or silver or you know just man-made creations. And this continues today because we worship creation instead of the creator. And it plays out in different ways maybe today, but ultimately none of the lesser gods truly satisfy or fulfill us because they pale in comparison to the real God. Because anything we love more than God is really an idol. These can be you know, things that we're enticed by, such as money, comfort, power, position, success, entertainment. But then when life gets hard and they're taken away from us, what are we left with? So if money was our idol and now money's been taken away, then what? We thought comfort, power, position, then we lose our job, success, you know, these things, then what? Now, these are second-rate substitutes that may satisfy for a while. When the economy's going well, we're feeling good, but it's temporary because ultimately they let us down. They don't fulfill us. They don't satisfy us forever. They won't quench our deepest longings. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 14, Therefore, my beloved, run, and this is the Amplified, run, Keep far, far away from any sort of idolatry. And that includes loving anything more than God or participating in anything that leads to sin and enslaves the soul. So the problem with these idols is that they don't deliver on their promises. They distract us from what is real and what endures for eternity. 
God is the one who is faithful with unending love, grace, and mercy, and the one our hearts and souls truly desires. God creates us so that we would know him and enjoy him, and he made this possible through Jesus. 1 John 5.20 says, again, in the Amplified Version, And we have seen and know by personal experience that the Son of God has actually come to this world and has given us understanding and insight so that we may progressively and personally know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. So know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So we might be stuck with lesser sports right now, but thankfully we don't have to settle for lesser gods because the one true God loves us and provides us everything we need to be fulfilled and satisfied in him. Today and every day, let's seek, pursue, and praise him above all else. So I'm Bryce Johnson. You can unpack that. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Really appreciate you checking out the podcast. Uh, It was free-flowing. It was uh, me flying solo. Uh, We got to hear from a a little Jim Rome every once in a while. Have a take. Have a take. (laughs) Rack me. Thank you for your support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your donations. And thanks for the encouraging emails and texts. It's fun to talk sports, even if it's classic games. And and (laughs) we got to settle for uh, lesser sports in the sports world. But let's not settle for lesser gods. The one true God truly loves us. And so let's uh, lean into him today as we wrap things up. As always, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Stay healthy. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week. 